Viral Joshi, thank you for coming on my show, the Healthy Indian Podcast. As you know, or as you know, this show is geared towards mental health, wellness, and fitness. So, and I know you start on the you know the famous Indian matchmaking show. So, thank you for coming on. For sure, thanks so much for having me. No, for sure. Uh, so let, let's talk about you. Um, you know, I know you're. You, this was like one of your. Um, you know, you started out acting in Indian matchmaking and stuff. How's your experience with that? It was great. I mean, starting from the very beginning with production and just the whole process of getting on board was super smooth and super like the production crew is very they're great. Um, and then obviously working with Seamonty that we had a few hiccups in the beginning, just trying to get over the cultural barrier, the language barriers and just just style of talking and like, you know, what someone means and then versus how it's coming across. But then you're trying to understand these cultural barriers that make it difficult to really kind of gauge how the conversation's going to go. Um, but once that was ironed out and I just focused on the fact that, you know, she's an auntie who really does have my best interests at heart, it was much easier to kind of block out the noise and just kind of be like laser focused on what I was trying to do. And then, um, yeah, like traditional dating didn't work for me, uh, like the apps meeting through people, nothing was working. And I was like, well, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Right. So I was like, I need to do something totally different. And so I took this risk and thankfully it's all worked out. Awesome. And how was it like dating uh, in this era for you? Because uh, like just just apps and stuff, like have you. Um, did you try going on any of them or was it just like, okay, let me just go into matchmaking. Let me just see how this goes. I tried just about every single one. Um, but I also knew that I was looking for someone who was Gujarati, who spoke the language. And so those aren't things that I'm just going to naturally easily come across. You know, I can see a Gujarati person, but if they don't speak the language, I'm not going to see that from a profile immediately. Right. So it was a lot of trial and error. And then, you know, when I got to that point where I was like, yeah, like I'm Gujarati, but I don't really know anything about my religion. I don't really know anything about my culture. I don't speak the language. I was like, then this isn't going to work. Right. So yeah. one motivation for going on Indian matchmaking and working with specifically an Indian matchmaker versus any other like matchmaking show, like the bachelorette or whatever, was that I knew that the person who was in a lead role in this matchmaking process was someone who was going to understand why I was looking for what I was looking for. So I thought she would be a good match. I saw season one and I thought she gave people good matches, whether they worked out, you know, when they actually met and whatnot, that's a different story, obviously, but I thought on paper, they all look good. Um, but yeah, dating in this modern era, like it sucks. Like I always tell Ashley, I'm like, I'm so glad I never have to go on the dating apps again. Cause it's, it's tough out there. You know, like I was on there for, I, I think I downloaded my first app in like 2018. So like four years ago and just the success rate was so low. And I think what sucks about dating online is it makes people feel dispensable. And I don't think that's a healthy way to approach dating. Um, but you never know who's truly serious versus who's just, you know, messing around. That makes no, it really hard to date. 
No, you're so right. Because like when it comes to dating too, some people just want to talk to you for the talk. They don't want to really date you. And right. then some people want to date you, but then then they change their mind. Or like, right. you know, like down down the lane, like, hey, like this is getting too serious. Let me run away from this. Or That you does know, happen a lot. Yeah. So I've encountered multiple people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when When it comes to the show itself, has it taught you any lessons? Like just when it comes to understanding dating and stuff too because uh you know we all as human beings we're very we're all want our needs right we have our little checklist like we have uh what we want in somebody because you know it's your life right it's Mm -hmm. something that you're a part of is there something that the show has taught you that maybe you know you'd expect kind of because it's different being on a show right so it is it is Um, but one thing i actually this show actually taught me how to date because what would happen with me is like I would go on a date with someone and I would put so much pressure on myself to make it work because I was like, okay, this person has like all these qualities I'm looking for. This has to work. But then it was just horrible, I guess, is a way to describe it. Because, you know, when you put a lot of pressure on yourself, you inadvertently put a lot of pressure on the other person. And then that's just a recipe for disaster. But what I learned through this show is like going on these casual dates with like Guy Viral or Jamin, for example, like it's just you have a brief encounter and then you can move on. And just because it doesn't work out doesn't mean, you know, that you're like a failure or anything like that. Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, go, go ahead oh no, no and I was just gonna move on and then eventually you know after it's all a dating is a numbers game and eventually like I got to a point where I met Ashe and then things like progressed from there right 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 I, I feel like I try not to get to invest in the high and the lows with the dating but right. when sometimes dating goes south you like take months of break and then you just doubt oh, yourself yeah. so sure. how did you and from a mental health perspective and this <laughs> I can relate to this how did you deal with like did you ever have self-doubt about yourself because I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, man, because I'm single. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I don't know if I'm going to end up with people or dating mm-hmm. is just hard. Like it's mess- messing yeah. with like my self-esteem. Did you ever deal with that? I did. I did. You know, like I think, again, going back to dating apps being something or a platform where people can feel dispensable. And like you gave the example earlier, just like people want to talk to you, then they get to a point and then they like just completely back out or like they disappear, like you get ghosted or like. God forbid you go someone, hopefully people aren't doing it, but it does happen. That is a reality with online dating. Uh, And there were many times where I would have conversations with my friends and I was like, you know what? I'm going to end up single forever. And it got to a point where I had already made backup plans for what I was going to do with my life in the event I truly don't find anyone. Um, So yeah, it was... um, you get down in the dumps, but then I'm someone who tries to be like proactive about things and you look at the bright side and, you know, it can feel like being in a relationship is the end all be all. Cause I think growing up in the Indian culture, that's almost what it was kind of felt like, you know, you go to school and then you get married, like, and you go to school to get a good job so you can be a good bachelor or bachelorette for the dating pool. And then once you're married, no one, like all the pressure from parents is off until it's like time where they want like grandkids or something. So it's like, oh yeah, we grew up in such a weird, like, okay, everything's always working towards marriage in a way. Um, and then, so when you kind of have the feeling that it might not happen for you, that can be very dejecting. Um, but I think it's always important to just remind yourself it's a numbers game you only have, it only has to work out with one person. You don't need like five people for it to work out with. So finding the right person and it's also worth it. You know, good thing. My dad always told me good things take time. Anything that's worth value, you shouldn't rush anyway. 
Um, so take, t- I advised myself to take my alone time to get to really know who I was so that when I did find the right person, I was ready and I knew what I was willing to compromise on versus not. So, yeah, no, definitely. And I think you being like, you know, self-independent and also taking the time to that. And not a lot of people do that, right? Mm-hmm. I always hear from my friends, like, make sure you don't settle. Make sure you don't settle. You're one yeah. of a kind. But yeah. the thing is, like, it gets to you, right? Like, once you're a certain, you, you see certain, like, marriages happen in front of your face mm-hmm. and stuff, it, it's hard, you know? And it definitely, yeah. with everything else will work. Like, you know, we, have men- <laughs> we all have mental health issues at work, even. Yeah. Right? Or just even, like, when we're going out for a walk and you see a, a family of four, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's tough, right? So I think I think we could all learn from you in the sense of, like, no, you know what? Be mm-hmm. self-independent and, you know, take your time to explore what your passions are. So, yeah. uh, so what keeps you interested in a relationship? What keeps me interested? I mean, I think <clears throat> keeping just like the natural, like curiosity about the other person, it's always nice to have like, you know, especially when it's like quote unquote cuffing season, right? You know, everyone's kind of in that like, oh, I want to be home with someone so I can like enjoy Christmas movies with or like do things like that with. Um, But what keeps me in it is just having that bond with someone that's very special and someone who is, you know, for me, it was important that they were Indian and could share the culture with me. So it's nice with Ashe, like I can, you know, we talk about how like, oh, when it's Diwali, like my family does this. And then he talks about like what his family would do. And it's just a nice way to bond. Um, I think he's also very supportive. So having like a strong support system and just someone you can share like intimate details of your life with. Um, I think that's very special. And I think that keeps me, that's what keeps me motivated uh, in a relationship. And I think love is always worth it. No, it's very interesting when you say that, because I think of like, you know, just having like the similar cultural background for Indian people and just, you know, celebrating something like Diwali, for example, or Navratri, Mm -hmm. right? it's like something that your parents and the other person's parents can bond over. And, you know, you guys can play like board games and stuff, but I think it kind of brings everyone together. So just having that similar aspect or like just Mm -hmm. the mentality too, you know, it's, it's important, you know, even when it comes to, I guess, diet diets, right? Like people have specific specific type of diets, vegetarian, non-vegetarian, right? So I think those are really important factors when it comes to a relationship. So, um, so I guess when it comes to mental health, Mm -hmm. uh, was there anything the show like you kind of struggled with during the show with mental health? Because um, it seems like it's, it's like a lot, like when it comes like the cameras in your face and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people want, like, you know, they have an opinion about you. Right. Um, Like, is there any struggles that you kind of had? I mean, I think the sudden, the sudden attention was definitely a lot. Um, and I think it's easy to get caught up in, you know, things people say, but it, you know, what people said about me didn't really bother me because I'd spent so much time being single that I'd become self-aware, self-actualized and all these things. So I was like, you know, they don't really understand who I am. They don't know who I am. You know, we film over the course of several, several months, but you just get like, you know, over the course of the whole season, you get like one hour with me, like it always, I always reminded myself that, you know, anyone who's passing a judgment on me, who's met me on TV for an hour, that's not a valid opinion. Um, what did Definitely. get to me was when people like started talking about my relationship with Ashe. Um, because, you know, everyone's like, oh, she can do better. He can do better. And it's just like, no one asked for all these opinions. But 
when you go in a public platform like this, you you know what you're signing up for. So having reminding myself that, you know, I signed up for this, you kind of have um, you can't really let it get to you because you kind of knew what you signed up for. Right. Um, but there were definitely struggles. And I think what's nice is like, I have a very strong friend support system and they always reminded me. Cause like, I think what's something about, you know, getting depressed or sad is you're too focused on like the nitty gritty and like, you're too focused on one specific incident. But I think when you have friends or a support system that can give you that 50,000 foot view again, and just a larger, bigger picture perspective and remind you that in, next year, this time, this isn't going to be a big deal. Or, you know, even like three weeks from now, it's not going to be a big deal. So just reminding yourself to like keep pushing forward, I think is really, really important. No, definitely. And I think it it can, it, it resonates with our viewers because there's a lot of people that, you know, deal with self-doubt, deal with, mm-hmm. you know, just things may not work out. And, you know, everyone has like, uh, especially even in high school, college, people are always judging you. So I think having you as a role model would really help the viewers understand that, hey, it it does work out. It's just you have to believe in yourself and believe in your relationship and not, like you said, don't worry about what all these other people are commenting, posting their For thoughts because sure. it's irrelevant. You know, yeah. like maybe just turn off your notifications sometimes. And just go <laughs> yeah. go off for like a vacation, you know? Yeah. So, you know, the thing is uh, like no one knows you better than you and no one knows you better, your, your life story better than you, right? So any opinion that's going to bring you down, it's just not worth really reading into. And I always say, like, you never meet a hater doing better than you. And that is such a true statement. It's something I learned in high school and had stuck with me because it's a very true statement. You'll be surprised. No, it's definitely a great statement, too, because the more you hate, you're wasting your energy on someone else, right? Right. You're not bettering yourself. You're just... Oh, for sure. It's a total projection, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. It's just of who they are or their insecurities moldering up in you. And, you know, they see you getting ahead. So they probably have something to say because they're sitting at home doing nothing. So exactly. No, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, interesting. Okay, cool. So there's something I did research a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I did see that you were the cast on the Iron Man, uh, one of the extras. Yeah. Yeah. So how did yeah. that turn out? Because that was just something interesting to me. Um, uh-huh. But it, it's a pretty cool thing because I guess a lot of people don't know that about you. Right. Because you do have a little bit of experience in acting. So I have been in front of the cameras before. Yes. Um, So it actually started completely kind of like Indian matchmaking. It was total serendipity. I was my roommate in college. She was a film major and she had heard that Iron Man 3 was coming to town and they were looking for extras and she wanted to go. She didn't want to go alone. So I was like, yeah, I'll go and we can like do it together. So we wait in line at the mall um, for like, I think it was like two hours, like a line wrapped around the building. It's Iron Man. It's Marvel. Of course, you know, it's going to be a huge, everyone's going to be there. And then, so we finally get there and then like, they take our pictures, they talk to us a little bit and then they're like, all right, see ya. And then a few months later, uh, they actually emailed me and we're like, oh, we want to, we want you to be our extra. Uh, And that's how it started. Which it was Iron Man one or two? Three. You were Three. Okay. Okay. Because the article just said Iron Man. So I was like, oh. maybe she was in all three of them, you know? No, you don't no, know. no, no, no. And it's not even like a, it's just, it's truly just like an extra role. I wasn't even supposed to, I remember being on the set. I wasn't even supposed to be on the scene because what they do in these um, productions is 
you know, they run, they have a set and they run the whole set at the same time, but the camera's only in one corner. And just in case the director changes his mind or wants a different visual like aesthetic, then they'll switch the camera, but the whole set is live. And then, so I was on a completely opposite end where like uh, John Favreau was. And so oh. I, I knew the camera wasn't going to come to us. And then like somehow, I guess just like, I don't know, maybe it was like a quote unquote meant to be or whatever. Um, <laughs> the director called cut and then he just started scanning around the room and he literally pointed to me and he was like, you come here. And then, so I moved over and then they wanted me to just be the person who walked in the background. So yeah, it's just, that's so it funny. Was, it was total fate. <laughs> Wait, that's amazing though. The fact that you're like, Oh, I have a little, little part in this movie. That's, that's really yeah. interesting. No, it's nice. It's fun. Um, Like it's like, it, it was always my corporate fun fact. Um, You know, everyone go around the room. We're a new team. What's your fun fact. It was always that one. And then, Luckily, like there's a little snippet on YouTube because like people would be like, no way. And then I could just like point it out and they'd be like, oh, my God, that's you. So no, it was a really fun experience. Very cool. If anyone, you know, if anyone listening ever has the opportunity to be an extra on a movie, totally go for it. How do you even become an extra on a movie? Is this something you apply for? Is it just something? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. My friend, she was, um, you know, my roommate at the time. She was the one who found out about it. And she probably found out about it through like her circle at school because they were all film students. Right. So I I actually don't know how you do it. Um, It just kind of (laughs) happened. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have, um, I guess, any other acting, I guess, uh, you know, passions that you want to pursue or is it is it it was just kind of like for the dating and that was it it honestly the only i the truly like believe it or not the only reason i came on this show was to find love that was it like i didn't care to be like an influencer i didn't care to like you know go do all this acting stuff that wasn't why i did this like i truly did this to find love and anything that happens after that great but as long as like what I was like, my one goal was achieved and that's it. Boy, that's awesome because <laughs> I grew up watching like uh, Love is Blind and, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. like uh, The Bachelor. And then when this show came out, I was like, you know what? This is so cool that, you know, they actually have Indian people. And, you yeah. know, fast forward a few months now, I'm like, you know, interviewing you guys. Somehow. Interviewing. Yeah. So no, it's crazy cool. how life works. It's yeah. crazy how life works. Um, oh, I also know that you're really into reading. So, yeah. oh so, yeah. So you're like a huge reader. You're like a yes. bookworm. Yes, one hundred. So what got so what got you into that? I actually hated reading growing up. Um, all throughout like kindergarten to high school, when they forced these books onto us, I hated every single one of them. I would spark notes it, just do whatever I could not to read it. But then I think like I started um, traveling more with like my parents. We would go to like, you know, just outside of the country. And it just opened my mind a lot more. Like the more different people you interact with, the more open minded I think you become. And then I I remember we were like went on a cruise one time and I was like, OK, I need to like fill my t- film, fill my time. So what am I going to do? Um, the Internet doesn't work. So let me. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll just like pick up a book. Um, and then I picked up a book and I read that and then like, I absolutely loved it. And then I just, it took off from there. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think reading is such an important tool to use especially for the audience because, um, 
I think it's such a good uh, like way to, I guess, tackle mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if you feel smarter, you you know, you read a lot and you're knowledgeable mm-hmm. on a lot of topics, you're gonna feel confident, right? And I think uh, having a good diction and good like vocabulary is so powerful because you're so good at re- you know representing your voice. You know, even like you know when people are commenting on your relationship, you know how to like talk back to them. You know, so it's yeah. kind of cool. No, for sure. I think it's important. There's a lot of benefits to reading. I think it opens up your mind. I think it makes you a better writer. I think it makes you a better like public speaker. Um, there's really no downside to it. Yeah, it takes a lot of time, but I think it's so worth it. Um, and for someone who like enjoys movies, the book is always better. So there's like another motivation. <laughs> is there uh is there an, what are your top three I guess favorite books you would recommend? to uh, um, like just people in general because i i think yeah. uh it depends on what you're looking for i think one thing that's important for people who might be dealing with mental health is like my favorite book it's called the geography of bliss by eric weiner and what he did he did like a it's a nonfiction book and it's kind of based in research in the sense of he meets this guy who's studying in in the Netherlands who's studying happiness and what that means and where you can find it. So based on various parameters of happiness, like is happiness really good food? Is happiness really like having a lot of money? And so what he does is he travels the whole world that's defined by this parameter. So for example, if everyone thinks like happiness is money, he goes to Dubai and he assesses the happiness of the people there. And then he then he goes to like the poorest country in the world. And so just seeing him navigate different definitions of happiness. And then at the end of the book, he tells you where he actually found it. And I think it's really cool. And I think people should read it. Um, oh, wow. I, li- so, I like how you give out no spoilers. That's good. No spoilers. No, 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 no. Well, that's um, good. That's so good. that's a good one, I think, for mental health and like looking for happiness. Because it, it does explore those different parameters, right? Um. And then I think The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho is always a great one. Very good. Um, yeah. I think you can get something new every time you read it. Um, and that's the classic. Is, you know, your life destiny or is it like free will? And then I think... I, like, go, yeah. ahead. Go, go ahead. Go no ahead. Oh, and then my third favorite book, uh, being Gujarati, this isn't surprising, but it's <laughs> Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, oh, okay. That's a great book. Uh, I think you can learn a lot of financial tools from it. And I think any the younger you are when you read it, the better. So you can understand what is truly an asset versus like a liability. I think it's something that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs kind of pivot towards as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because understanding your finances and understanding how, you know, it's something we don't get taught in school. So I think no. that's a great great resource for a book to use to definitely understand leadership and um, financial stuff, you know? So right. I think right. No, for sure. I definitely, those are my top three when it comes to recommendations for sure. Um, yeah. I think one of my favorite books is rewire your brain by Jacob okay. King. And okay. it's like about different emotions and stuff. And it's just about perspective. It's mm-hmm. similar to think like a monk by Jay Shetty, but it kind of mm-hmm. lets you see like how to assess different emotions that come up in your brain and to look at it from like a different lens, like, like kind of like understanding your emotions behind it rather mm-hmm. than um, reacting to the situation. So that's what nice. it's about. So, that's a cool yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a really book that big of a book bookworm, but I'm trying to get into reading. I think that, yeah. that was something I picked up during the pandemic. So that was I a tough you. one. That was yeah. A tough no, one. it was hard. It was hard. 
But the reading you can um now that New Year's is around the corner, it's your New Year's resolution. Yes, that's a good that's a good tip. Maybe I'll take you up on that. <laughs> um awesome, awesome. I think uh there is uh oh yeah, so there was also an interesting thing I read that mm-hmm. um you know when it comes to diet, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have a specific diet that um <laughs> you're you're into? I know people mentioned it. Well, yeah. can I mention it if it's okay or it's like yeah, a name? Yeah, sure, go for it. It's like a coin okay. term now. Okay, let me try to think what it was. Semi lacto ovo some uh, vegetarian? Uh, yes, those words, not in that order. Um, so it's ovo okay, lacto exactly. semi vegetarian. That's like the phrase I'm known for, essentially. And what that means so ovo is eggs, lacto is like dairy, and then semi vegetarian yeah. is incorporating, you know, people who don't see eggs as like vegetarian. Oh, okay. Um, Because a lot of people in Indian culture, they do, like, I grew up um, in the temple, and there they were like, oh, you can't have eggs, that's meat. And then so people would call that a semi, if you ate eggs, you were like a semi-vegetarian because some people don't identify eggs as meat. And so I was like, you know, and then I'm on the date with that guy, and then, you know, it's a three-hour date. You guys only see like 30 minutes of it. And then so the way things are like chopped and like moved around to really condense like what happened on the date and like remove the filler, it just looks like I just spilled that out. But that's not exactly how it was, but it's all right. I've noticed the show has a way of uh, doing show, like, you know, the angles and cameras and even certain, <laughs> like you said, three-hour long conversations and chop yeah. it up, right? And I yeah. feel like that's a lot of shows. Like we don't get to see that. Part of right, part right. Of but that's a very cool. I guess it, it was a cool term, right? Because I never yeah. heard anyone do it. Because yeah. you know, like I eat eggs too, like big deal, and I'm vegetarian. Right. Like you know, it's not a big deal. Just I just eat eggs. I'm vegetarian. Yeah, but- yeah. And then like Guy Viral, he he's Jane, and so <laughs> you know he was like. So that's why I was like, "What do you define as meat?" And everyone like gave me crap for it. She was like an animal, and I was like, "Well, that's not quite how it is." But you know. I can't explain everything to the whole world. If you don't get it and you criticize me for it, that's fine. But, you know, as Jane's, like, they don't eat, like, root vegetables, for example. And then so I asked him, what do you define as meat? Thinking, like, oh, does he consider eggs meat? But the whole conversation was just chopped in a way. So no, it's interesting because I'm actually half Jane and half ramen. Uh-huh. But, but the thing is, uh, I eat whatever I want because I grew <laughs> up here. And it's not yeah. like it's not like I'm going to – like, I try to do – I try my best to worship Jainism, but at the mm-hmm. same time, there are things that are changing with the times. And I feel like with me, it's not that deep. Um, uh-huh. Maybe someone called me will call me uncultured for this, but I, I think it's about your personal choice, right? Just like right. same with like anything else that's happening in the country and stuff too, right? Like when it comes to political stuff, sure. but everything is your choice. I, and I it think is. that it's my choice to like do what I want. So I think even considering like mm-hmm. the whole conversation with, I think you're supposed to be able to have a conversation with someone if the egg is like alive or not alive, right? But you oh, should wow. do it in a sense. You should do it in a sense where it's like you know it's open and it's right, understanding. Right. It's not, it can't come. Th- it can't come from a critical lens. Yeah, like my biggest pet peeve is like when someone calls me AB, ABCD and stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah. my god, I hate that. I hate yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot. Um. Yeah. Other than that, do you have any plans for 2023? Is there anything like a uh, season, uh, like, you know, are you like 
Indian mapping season three? Is there anything like that you're going to? Yeah. So, so I will be in season three. Um, we don't have a release date for that yet. Uh, hopefully it's early next year. I hope they don't make us wait another two years for uh, another season. Um, so that's going on. Like, I still love what I do for work. So I'm going to continue doing that. And that's it. Just spending a lot of time with friends and family. And that's it. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm good for now. But uh, do, do you mind if we do a rapid fire round? Or... Sure. Let's let's go for it. Okay, cool. Let me just look it up real quick. Because I think oh my, my doc is <laughs> doc got destroyed. I was like, oh, Lord. Uh one second. Hey, it's a podcast. It should be a raw version. It's all good. Um, True. Because I feel like people also do relax in podcasts. So, okay. What is, if your life was a story, what would it be titled? I don't oh know my God. That's a hard one. Okay. We could change it. What's your favorite <laughs> holiday? Uh, definitely Christmas. Okay. Good. Uh, what's your favorite pizza topic? Jalapenos. I like jalapenos too. I don't like. I don't like pineapple though. Um, I haven't had it. I hear a lot of good things, but I can't wrap my head around actually doing that. You should try it. I mean, pineapple and jalapeno is game changer though, but pineapple alone is not the best. Okay. Um, What is your favorite dessert? Probably tiramisu. That's a good one. I like lava cake from Domino's. (laughs) Okay, Um, nice. Name a person who inspires you. Barack Obama. Oh, that's a good one. And then last but not least, what was – that's a stupid question. That's a stupid <laughs> question. Do you recycle? I'm just going to ask you that. Absolutely. 110%. I am so Zero. ego. Yes. Zero Josie recycles, guys. She I cares recycle about and I have solar panels. Yeah. I recommend everyone get them. <laughs> okay. So she does care about the environment just for – Absolutely. Just for everyone yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining, Viral. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me. For sure. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye.